Hi, Splendids. This is Words and Sentences. And uh, today I want to do my book review, my highlights, my underscores of the following book, The Unfettered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself from Michael A. Singer. Not a book for everybody. Um, I would say that you have to be a little further in your consciousness um, practice. But maybe you can learn something from my highlights and underscores. So here we go. You recreate the world within your mind because you can control your mind, whereas you can't control the world. In the thought world, there's always something you can do to control the experience. Your general neurosis can become the launching ground for true spiritual awakening. Come to know the one who watches the voice, and you will come to know one of the great mysteries of creation. The only way to find peace and contentment is to stop thinking about yourself. What part of me is being disturbed by this? If you want to achieve peace in the face of your problems, you must understand why you perceive a particular situation as a problem. The very fact that you can see the disturbance means that you are not it. The only real solution is to take the seed of witness consciousness and completely change your frame of reference. Inner solution consciousness. The only permanent solution to your problems is to go inside and let go of the part of you that seems to have so many problems with reality. There's a separation between you and the anger or the jealousy. You are the one who is in there noticing these things. There are two distinct aspects of your inner being. If somehow that voice managed to manifest in a body outside of you and you had to take it with you everywhere you went, you wouldn't last a day. If you want to free yourself, you must first become conscious enough to understand your predicament. Then you must commit yourself to the inner work of freedom. This is your life. Reclaim it. Who am I? Who sees when I see? Who hears when I hear? Who knows that I am aware? Who am I? Your name is just a label. You've just described all these experiences, but who had these experiences? Me, it's me. I'm in here experiencing all of this. That's about the best answer you'll have. You're not the outside world. You are the one who is inside looking out at the world. Who is having all these physical, emotional, and mental experiences? What would it be like if your awareness didn't exist? There will be no sense of me. And without awareness of being or consciousness, there is nothing. I am the one who sees from back in here somewhere. I look out and I am aware of the events, the thoughts, and emotions that pass before me. Now you are aware that you are aware. When you are an aware being, you no longer become completely immersed in the events around you. 
Instead, you remain inwardly aware that you are the one who is experiencing both the events and those corresponding thoughts and emotions. You are lucid. The essence of consciousness is awareness, and awareness has the ability to become more aware of one thing and less aware of something else. In other words, it has the ability to focus itself on certain objects. You have an underlying pattern of thoughts that cause, that goes on around you all the time. You are so preoccupied with controlling your world of thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations that you don't even know you're in there. That's the normal state for most people. It knows itself as the objects it is experiencing. You think you are the sum of your learned experiences. When you are a centered being, However, your consciousness is always aware of being conscious. Your awareness of being is independent of the inner and outer objects you happen to be aware of. And when that happens, instead of being aware of thoughts, you are aware that you are aware of your thoughts. This is a true meditation. You must also have the ability to make awareness itself be that object. When you contemplate the nature of self, you are meditating. That is why meditation is the highest state. It is the return to the root of your being, the simple awareness of being aware. That is spirituality. That is the nature of self. That is who you are. Instead of just focusing so intently on this one human being's thoughts, emotions, and sensory world, you can pull back and see everything. Ask it and you will notice that you are the answer. Be the answer and everything will change. I love that. Be the answer and everything will change. We ignore the energy within. Everything that happens inside requires an expenditure of energy. Creating thoughts, holding on to thoughts, recalling thoughts, generating emotions, controlling emotions and disciplining Powerful inner drives all require a tremendous amount of energy. Where does all this energy come from? Why is the energy there sometimes and at other times you feel completely drained? Have you ever noticed that when you are mentally and emotionally drained, food doesn't help that much? There is a source of energy you can draw upon from your inside. You feel that you have no way out and it seems like you will stay there forever. You were completely drained for months and months. You had no energy. And then out of nowhere, in a matter of seconds, there is so much energy, it blows you away. You can't just ignore these enormous shifts in your energy level. What you'll see, if you watch carefully, is that you have a phenomenal, phenomenal amount of energy inside of you. It doesn't come from food and it doesn't come from sleep. This energy is always available to you. At any moment, you can draw upon it. When you're filled with this energy, you feel like you could take on the world. It gushes up spontaneously from deep inside and restores, replenishes, and recharges you. 
The only reason you don't feel this energy all the time is because you block it. You block it by closing your heart, by closing your mind, and by pulling yourself into restrictive space inside. This closes you off from all the energy. You hide in the dark darkness within you. There is no light. There is no energy. There is nothing flowing. The energy is still there, but it can get in. That is why you have no energy when you're depressed. It's blocked. Although various energy centers exist within you, instead you feel the tightness in your chest. This happens because you close your heart. The heart is an energy center and it can open or close. This is also what we call chakras. Depending upon how close you are, you either feel tremendous disturbance or overwhelming lethargy. This flow of energy comes from the depth of your being. It's called chi, it's called shakti, it's called spirit, all kinds of things. Energy doesn't get old, it doesn't get tired, and it doesn't need food. What it needs is openness and receptivity. This energy is equally available to everybody. You stay open by never closing. It's really that simple. All you have to do is decide whether you are willing to stay open or whether you think it's worth closing. Closing is a habit and it can be broken. Under norm normal circumstances, our, our state of openness is left to psychological factors. A smell can make you open or close. We are programmed based upon our past impression impressions such that all kinds of things can cause us to open and close. The more you learn to stay open, the more the energy can flow into you. Anytime you start to close, ask yourself whether you really want to cut off the energy flow. Because if you want, you can learn to stay open, no matter what happens in the world. You just make a commitment to explore your capacity for receiving unlimited energy. At first, it feels unnatural, since your innate tendency is to close as a means of protection. But closing your heart does not really protect you from anything. It just cuts you off from your source of energy. In the end, it only serves to lock you inside. So you learn to stay open no matter what happens. And if you make a list of how the world must be for you to open, you have limited your openness to those conditions. Better to open up no matter what. Do not let anything that happens in life be important enough that you're willing to close your heart over it. I'm going to let this situation take place and be there with it. It only goes away if you choose to close. By closing, you are actually making the choice not to feel openness and love. You throw love away all the time. You feel love until somebody says something you don't like, and then you give up the love. You feel enthused about your job until someone criticizes something, and then you want to quit. It's your choice. You can either close because you don't like what happened, or you can keep feeling love and enthusiasm by not closing. As long as you are defining what you like and what you don't like, you will open and close. You are actually defining your limits. You are allowing your mind to create triggers that open and close you. Let go of that. Dare to be different. Enjoy all of life. 
The more you stay open, the more the energy flow can build. At some point, so much energy comes into you that it starts flowing out of you. You feel it as waves pouring off of you. You can actually feel it flowing off your hands, out your heart, and through other energy centers. What is more, the energy affects other people. People can pick up on your energy and you're feeding them with this flow. You become a source of light for all those around you. You can even affect the health of your body with your energy flow. When you start to feel the tendency of an illness coming on, you just relax and open. When you open, you bring more energy into the system and it can heal. Energy can heal and that's why love can heal. The most important thing in life is your inner energy. Through meditation, through awareness and willful efforts, you can learn to keep your centers open. You do this by just relaxing and releasing. Remember, if you love life, nothing is worth closing over. Nothing ever is worth closing your heart over. Your heart is one of the masterpieces of creation. It is a phenomenal instrument. It has the potential to create vibrations and harmonies that are far beyond the beauty of pianos, strings, or flutes. You can hear an instrument, but you feel your heart. And if you think that you feel an instrument, it's only because it touched your heart. Your heart is an instrument made of extremely subtle energy that few people come to appreciate. If the heart happens to hurt, we get angry. And if we stop feeling it altogether, we get empty. The heart goes through changes. I and me, when you refer to what's going on in your heart, but in truth, you are not your heart. You are the experiencer of your heart. It is an energy center, a chakra, and one that affects our daily lives. The heart controls the energy flow by opening and closing. Like a valve can either allow the flow of energy to pass through or it can restrict the flow of energy from passing through. What is it about the structure of the heart center that permits it to close? What you will find is that the heart closes because it becomes blocked by stored, unfinished energy patterns from your past. As events take place in the world, they come in through your senses and have an impact on your inner state of being. When you take in the world through your senses, it is actually energy that is coming into your being. From itself does not come into your mind or heart. Form stays outside, but it is processed by your senses into energy patterns that your mind and heart can receive and experience. Your eyes are cameras that send electronic images of the world into you. They sense the world, convert the information and transmit the data through electrical nerve impulses. And then the impressions get rendered in your mind. If the energy patterns that are coming into your psyche create disturbance, you will resist them and not allow them to pass through. And when you do this, the energy patterns actually get blocked within you. What if everything just passed right through you? When you have no personal issues with them, impressions process freely. This is how the overall system of perception is meant to work. It's meant to take things in, allow you to experience them, and then let them pass through so that you're fully present in the next moment. You're simply having experience after experience, moment after moment. Experiences are coming in and you're learning and growing.
If experience is the best teacher, there's nothing that comes close to the experience of life. What it means to live life is to experience the moment that is passing through you. It's a phenomenal system when it is working properly. But that's not what happens inside most of us. Something comes in that doesn't make it through. The camera of the eye, through the camera of the eye, there's no difference between a car or others. We give it meaning. What you don't realize is that your entire experience of life is about to change because of what didn't make it through you. Life must now compete with this blocked event for your attention and the impression does not just sit in there quietly. You will see that your tendency is to think about it constantly. This is all in an attempt to find a way to process it, process it through your mind because you resisted, it got stuck. And now you have a problem. Thought after thought goes on inside. It drives you crazy in there. All that inner noise is just your attempt to process the blocked energy and get it out of the way. Long term, the energy patterns that cannot make it through you are pushed out of the forefront of the mind and held until you are prepared to release them. These energy patterns with which hold tremendous detail about the events associated with them are real. They don't just disappear. These patterns may be held within you for a very long time. It is not easy to keep energy together in one place for long. The energy first tries to release by manifesting through the mind. And when the energy can't make it through the mind because of conflicts with other thoughts and mental concepts, it then tries to release through the heart. That is what creates all the emotional activity. And when you resist even that release, the energy gets packed up and forced into deep storage within the heart. That's an unfinished energy pattern, an impression. It is considered one of the most important influence affecting your life. A blockage, an impression from the past. It's an unfinished energy pattern that ends up running your life. Just like energy waves, the energy that comes into you must keep moving. But that doesn't mean it can't get blocked within you. There is a way that the energy can both keep moving and stay in one place. And that is to circle around itself. Everything is energy and energy will just expand outward if it is not contained. For therefore, for there to be manifest creation, Energy must get in the dynamic of cycling around itself to create a stable unit. That's why energy manifesting as an atom forms the basic building blocks of this entire physical universe. A cycle of stored past energy patterns is a state of relative equilibrium. It is your resistance to experience these patterns that causes the energy to keep cycling around itself. There is no other place for it to go. You won't let it.
This packet of cycling energy is literally, literally stored in your energetic center, heart center. You have collected over your life. Everything that you have collected over your life will be stored there. And once the disturbed energy patterns are packaged and stored in the heart, they are basically inactive. It may look to you like you have handled the situation and that you have no more issues with that experience. You didn't know what to do, so you resisted the energy and it got stored in the heart where it could fall into the background and not be bothersome. While it may seem like it's done, like it is all over and gone, it really isn't. Everything that did not make it through you from the time you were a baby all the way to this moment is still inside of you. That encrustation builds up and restricts the energy flow. You can certainly see the potential for impressions to build up to the point where very little energy can make it through. If they build up sufficiently, you will find yourself in a state of depression. And in that state, all becomes dark. This is because very little energy is coming into your heart or mind. Eventually, everything appears negative because the world of the senses must pass through this depressed energy before it gets to your consciousness. The energy that's stored there is real and it interacts with the flow of current thoughts and events. Anything in the neighborhood has the potential to stimulate the stored uh, energy. The point is that past impressions do get stimulated, even old ones, and they affect your life. Sensory inputs from today's events dig through all the stuff you have stored through the years, and they restore the exact past patterns associated with the incoming events. And when an old stored pattern is stimulated, it opens like a flower and begins to release the stored energy. Suddenly, flashes of what you experienced when the original event took place rush into your consciousness. The thoughts, the feelings, sometimes even the smells and other sensory input. All this information is stored into a tiny energy bubble within your heart. And you can actually feel the fears and the insecurity of a five-year-old when you are 60. What is happening is that unfinished mental and emotional energy patterns are getting stored and reactivated. All of these impressions, the only ones that get blocked are those that cause either problems or some extraordinary sense of enjoyment. You are either trying to push energies away because they bother you, or you are trying to keep energies close because you like them. In both cases, you are not letting them pass and you are wasting precious energy by blocking the flow through resisting and clinging. The heart is the place through which energy flows so to sustain you. This energy inspires you and raises you. The natural state of a healthy heart is unending inspiration, unending love and unending openness. To achieve this state, simply allow the experiences of your life to come in and pass through your being. If old energies come back up because you were unable to process them before, let go of them now. 
Just open, relax your heart, forgive, laugh, or do anything you want. Just don't push it back down. Of course it hurts when it comes up. It was stored with pain. It's going to release with pain. You have to decide if you want to continue to walk around with stored pain, blocking your heart and limiting your life. Don't make decisions based on stimulated blockages. Learn to be centered enough to just watch this stuff come up. The natural flow of your energy will be purged, the stored patterns from your heart. The very fact that you even want to go through this process of freeing the energy flow means you are great. Our major struggles end up being with our own inner fears, insecurities, and destructive behavior patterns, and not with outside forces. Since it's not socially acceptable to run into the woods and hide like a deer, you hide inside. You withdraw, close down, and pull back behind your protective shield. And when you are actually doing, what you are actually doing is closing down your energy centers. You know exactly how to close down the centers to avoid being too receptive and sensitive to the different energies coming in and causing fear. When you close down and protect yourself, you are pulling a shell around the part of you that is weak. This is the part that feels it needs protection, even though no physical attack is taking place. You are protecting your ego, your self-concept. Although a situation may present no physical danger, it may cause you to experience disturbance, fear, insecurity, and other emotional problems. So you feel the need to protect yourself. If you protect yourself, you will never be free. It's that simple. If you close and protect yourself, you are locking this scared, insecure person within your heart. You will never be free that way. Life becomes stagnant when people protect their stored issues. You know we don't talk about that subject around your father. There are all these rules about things that are not supposed to happen outside because they could cause disturbance inside. Living like this allows for very little spontaneous joy, enthusiasm and excitement for life. A good day means you made it through without getting hurt. Real spiritual growth happens when there is only one of you inside. There's not a part that's scared and another part that's protecting the part that's scared. All parts are unified. It's not you, it's what you see. Begin by seeing the tendency to protect and defend yourself. There is a very deep, innate tendency to close, especially around your soft spots. Once you close, you have to make sure that what you protect doesn't get disturbed. The reward for not protecting your psyche is liberation. You are free to walk through this world without a problem on your mind because you got rid of the, the scare part of you. Spiritual growth is about the point at which you start to feel your energy change. You will actually start to feel a tightening that is your cue that it's time to grow. And if you don't want it, let it go. The moment you see the energy getting imbalanced inside, the moment you see this heart starting to tense and get defensive, you just stop. 
and let it go. Consciousness has the tendency to focus on disturbance, and disturbed energies inside are, not, are no exception. You really do have the ability to disengage and fall back behind them. Here comes the thought, and there it goes. That is what is called being centered. If you aren't centered, your consciousness is just following whatever catches its attention. And they are just all over the place, and their energy is very scattered. A thought or an emotion emerges, you notice it, and it passes by because you allow it to. If you want to be free, then every time you feel any change in the energy flow, relax behind it. Don't fight with it. Don't fight with it. Don't try to change it. And don't judge it. It's actually about letting go of the pull that the energy itself has on your consciousness. The self is watching the inside energies change in accordance to both inside and outside forces. If you focus on it, it grows in importance and demands more of your attention. And then, because your attention feeds it, it becomes infused with even more energy and draws more attention. That's how the cycle goes. A wise person remains centered enough to let go of every time the energy shifts into a defensive mode. You relax and release. And when you're free from the hold the energy has on you, you will be free to experience the joy and expansiveness that exists within you. Only you can take your inner freedom away from yourself or give it to yourself. Instead of getting into being bothered, you get into being free. Just decide that no matter what the mind says, you aren't getting involved. You don't fight the mind. Relax in the face of its melodrama. Your opportunities to grow are endless. There is nothing wrong with feeling the energies of fear, jealousy, or attraction. It's not your fault that such energies exist. But they are not you. And they will always be something. There always will be something. Nothing will be able to take your seat of, of consciousness from you. The natural ups and downs of life can either generate personal growth or create personal fears. Change is the very nature of life. If you have a lot of fear, you won't like change. Fear doesn't want to feel itself. It's actually afraid of itself. You can recognize that you have it and work to it to release it, or you can keep it and try to hide, it from, hide from it. Because you resist these changes, you feel that you are struggling with life. Who said that the way life naturally unfolds is not all right? Fear says so. As you grow spiritually, you will realize that your attempts to protect yourself from your problems actually create more problems. The alternative is to decide not to fight with life. Life is continuously changing, and if you're trying to control it, you'll never be able to fully live it. And when you have fear inside of you, the events of life invariably stimulate it. Fear is caused by blockages in the flow of your energy. And when your energy is blocked, it can't come up 
and feed your heart. And therefore, your heart becomes weak. When your heart is weak, it becomes susceptible to lower vibrations. And one of the lowest of all vibrations is fear. Fear is the cause of every problem. If you had no fear, nothing would bother you. The purpose of spiritual evolution is to remove the blockages that cause you fear. To do this, however, you will have to try to control everything in order to avoid your inner issues. It's hard to understand how we decided that avoiding our inner issues is an intelligent thing to do. But everybody's doing it. In other words, if somebody does something that stimulates fear, you think they did something wrong. Life is surrounding you with people and situations that stimulate growth. You only have to be willing to open your heart in the face of anything and everything and permit the purification process that takes place. When you do this, the first thing you'll see is that situations will unfold that hit your stuff. You simply permit the pain to come up into your heart and pass through. You surrender yourself to the process of emptying yourself. And when your stuff gets hit, let go right then because it will be harder later. You must be aware that there is something within you that needs to be released. The one who notices the stuff coming up are distinct from what you're experiencing. This place of centered awareness is the seat of the witness, the seat of self. If you don't let go and instead get lost in the disturbed feelings and thoughts that arise, you'll see a sequence of events unfold so quickly you won't know what hits you. You can lose your clarity for quite some time. As long as you're watching, you're not getting lost in it. The consciousness goes to the place that distracts the most. When a blockage gets hit, this same attraction takes place and the consciousness gets pulled to the source of discomfort. You end up exactly where you don't belong. You should have let go before, but you didn't. The trouble is that it's more difficult now. You could have taken one breath and let go when it started. Now it takes serious work to get your pre previous seat of consciousness back without going through the whole cycle. The cycle is the time it takes from the moment you leave your seat of relative clarity until you come back. This period of time is determined by the depth of the energy blockage that caused the initial disturbance. Once activated, the blockage must run its course. If you don't let go, you get sucked in. You are no longer free. You are caught. And once you fall from your seat of relative clarity, you are under the mercy of the disturbed energy. When you are in this state of disturbance, your tendency will be to act in order to try to fix things. You just want the disturbance to stop. So you start getting down to your survival instincts. You may feel that you have to do something drastic. The mind starts saying all kinds of things because it doesn't like this space. But the moment you allow it to express itself, the moment you let the energy move your body, you have descended to another level. If you start yelling at somebody, if you actually tell someone how you feel about them from this state of non-clarity, you have involved that person's heart and mind in your stuff. 
Now both of your egos are involved. And once you externalize these energies, you will want to defend your actions and make them look appropriate. Now, even more forces are keeping you down. First, you fall into the darkness, and then you manifest the darkness. And when you do this, you are literally taking the energy of the blockage and passing it on. You dump your stuff into the world. You put more of that kind of energy into your environment, and it comes back to you. You are now surrounded by people who will interact with you accordingly. It's just another form of environmental pollution, and it will affect your life. And that is how negative cycles happen. Anything you put out comes back. Imagine if you got upset and fully released your disturbed energies onto another person. This is how people ruin relationships and destroy their lives. You can fall all the way down until your life is an absolute mess. And in this state, your previous seat of clarity may drift by once in a while, but you can't hold it. Now you're lost. Do you doubt that a single blockage getting hit in your heart could cause a fall that lasts a lifetime? It has been known to happen. When a blockage gets hit, it's a good thing. It's time to open up internally and release the blocked energy. If you let go and permit the purification process to take place, inside that blocked energy will be released and this energy then strengthens you instead of weakening you you begin to go up and up higher and higher and you learn the secret of the essence the secret of the essence is to never look down always look up it will purify itself if you let it getting involved in the darkness does not dispel darkness it feeds it no matter what goes on below you, open your heart and let it go. Use the lesson to strengthen your resolve. Do not rationalize, blame, or try to figure it out. Just let go immediately. All of these are the remnants of the blocked energy that is finally being purified. Don't waste your time. No matter what it is, let it go. The bigger it is, the higher the reward of letting go, and the worse the fall if you don't. You either let go or you don't. The spiritual journey is one of constant transformation. You must give up the struggle to remain the same and learn to embrace change at all times. One of the most important areas requiring change is how we solve our personal problems. Real transformation begins when you embrace your problems as agents of growth. Believe it or not, the effects of the choice you make will determine the course of the rest of your life. And this, one of the, this is one of the core level structural decisions that lay the foundation for your future. It turns out that the life of protecting yourself from your problem becomes a perfect reflection of the problem itself. All you did was devote your life to avoiding it. It's all there is. It's now the center of your universe. Let's say you have a very deep sense of inner loneliness. We have sensitivities about loneliness, about rejection, about physical appearance, and about our mental power, prowess. We are walking around with lots of thorns touching right against the most sensitive part of our hearts. 
If you are afraid of rejection, you must avoid getting too close to people. What is it that you can say or do in order to not feel so lonely? Notice that you aren't asking how to get rid of the problem. You are asking how to protect yourself from feeling it. You do this either by avoiding situations or by using people, places and things as protective shields. You have not removed the root of loneliness. You have only attempted to protect yourself from feeling it. The minute you allow the core problem to stay, it expands out into multiple problems. People end up using their relationships to hide their thorns. If you care for each other, you are expected to adjust your behavior to avoid bumping into each other's soft spots. This is what people do. They let the fear of their inner thorns affect their behavior. Do not doubt your ability to remove the root cause of the disturbance inside of you. You can look deep within yourself to the core of your being and decide that you don't want the weakest part of you running your life. You are not the pain you feel, nor are you the part that periodically stresses out. And since your inner thorns are simply blocked energies from the past, they can be released. It's just not activated until something touches it. Your way out is to just notice what's noticing. You must allow them to pass through you instead of hiding them inside of you. If you hang out with the self instead of hanging out with inner disturbances, just let things go. Awareness does not fight. Awareness releases. Awareness is simply aware while everything in the universe parades, parades before it. If you sit within the self, you will experience the strength of your path, of your inner being, even when your heart feels weak. And once you learn that it's okay to feel inner disturbances, that, that, they, that they can no longer disturb your seat of consciousness, you will be free. You transcend. The prerequisite to true freedom is to decide that you do not want to suffer anymore. There is no reason for stress, inner pain, or fear. All of these things are tremendous burdens to us. The weight is the, this weight is the fear of experiencing pain, anguish, or sorrow. People do not understand how much they are suffering because they have never experienced what it is like to not suffer. You are either trying to stop suffering, controlling your environment to avoid suffering, or worrying about suffering in the future. You only notice that you are suffering when it gets worse than usual. Compare your relationship with your mind to your relationship with your body. You only think about your body when there is a problem. In contrast, you think about your psychological well-being all the time. The constant, anxious inner talk is a form of suffering. That is the pain of having to think about yourself all the time. Just about anything can upset the psyche. Inner sensitivity is a symptom of non-well-being. It's the same as when the body sends pain or displays other symptoms when it's not well. Pain is not bad, it's how the body talks to you. 
the body is communicating through its universal language, pain. Your psyche is communicating through its universal language, fear. Self-consciousness, jealousy, insecurity, anxiety, they are all fear. If you mistreat an animal, it becomes afraid. You have mistreated it by giving it a responsibility that is incomprehensible. That is why the mind is so active. You gave it an impossible task to do. The signs of the body breaking are pain and weakness. The signs of the psychic breaking are underlying fear and incessant neurotic thought. The fact of constantly worrying about yourself is a form of suffering. What you'll see is that your mind is always telling you that you have to change something outside in order to solve your inner problems. You realize that the advice your mind is giving you is psychologically damaged advice. Your mind's thoughts are disturbed by its fears. Your mind actually misleads you. Once you see this, you realize that the mind has a serious underlying problem. And what it's doing is making up external situations that might make things more comfortable. But the external situations are not the cause of the inner problem. The fact is, however, external changes are not going to solve your problem because they don't address the root of your problem. The root problem is that you don't feel whole and complete within yourself. If you don't identify the root properly, you will seek someone or something to cover it up. You will hide behind finances, people, fame, and adoration. All you did was involve that person in your problem, and that is why people have so much trouble with relationships. You begin with a problem inside yourself and you tried Let me say that again. You begin with a problem inside yourself and you try to solve it by getting involved with somebody else. That relationship will have problems because your problems are what caused the relationship. It is also easy to see once you step back and dare to look at it honestly. Success means you never have to think about your psyche again. A naturally healthy body is one that just does what it's supposed to do while you are going about your business. You never have to think about it. Likewise, you should never have to figure out how to be okay or how not to be scared or how to feel loved. You should not have to devote your life to your psyche. You could just live and experience your life instead of trying to use life to fix what's wrong inside of you. Your current relationship with your psyche is like an addiction. You are capable of seizing the absurdity of listening to the perpetual problems of your psyche. You actually live life instead of fearing or fighting it. The key word is stop. You have given your mind an impossible task by asking it to manipulate the world in order to fix your personal problems. Your mind is not qualified for that job. And whenever it starts up telling you what you should or shouldn't do in order to get the world to match your preconceived concepts, don't listen. 
Don't buy into what is what it's telling you. The truth is, everything will be okay as soon as you are okay with everything. All you have to do is stop expecting the mind to fix what's wrong inside of you. That is the core, the root of it all. The mind is simply a computer, a tool. It can be used to ponder great thoughts, solve scientific problems, and serve humanity. You are the one who is trying to use the analytical mind to protect yourself from natural unfolding of life. Do not ever fight your mind. You will never win. It will either beat you now, you now, or you will suppress it and will come back and beat you later. Instead of fighting the mind, just don't participate in it. You are not the thinking mind. It is not something that you have to think about. You are it. Withdraw your attention and the thinking mind falls away. Fall behind the noise. You will soon see that your mind is constantly driving you crazy over nothing. Stop putting energy into your psyche. The only action you ever take is to relax and release. You are not going to get involved in your own melodrama. Stay centered, just be there. Set up trigger points in every li everyday life that helps you remember who you are and what's going on inside. You will see that the mind follows the heart. The heart reacts way before the mind starts talking. The very thing that was holding you in is now helping you out. One of the essential requirements for true spiritual growth and deep personal transformation is coming to peace with pain. Change involves challenging what is familiar to us and daring to question our traditional needs to safety, comfort, and control. There is a layer of pain seated deep in the core of your heart, and this pain is so uncomfortable, so challenging, and so destructive to the individual self that your entire life is spent avoiding it. Your entire personality is built upon ways of being, being thinking, acting, and believing that we're developed to avoid this pain. And since avoiding the pain prohibits you from exploring the part of your being that is beyond the layer, real growth takes place when you finally decide to deal with the pain. And because the pain is at the core of the heart, it radiates out and affects everything you do. Physical pain is only there when something is physically wrong. Inner pain is always there, underneath, hidden by the layers of our thoughts and emotions. We feel it most when our hearts go into turmoil, like when the world does not meet our expectations. This is an inner psychological pain. The psychic is built upon avoiding this pain, and as a result, it has fear of pain as its foundation. To understand this, notice that if the feeling of rejection is a major problem for you, you will, you will fear experiences that cause rejection. If you are doing something to avoid pain, then pain is running your life. You will come to see that any behavioral pattern based upon the avoidance of pain becomes a doorway to the pain itself. The avoidance of pain is what your actions are linked to. 
you have this core of pain deep in your heart. Your personality traits and behavior patterns are all about avoiding this pain. Every time you do something in the name of avoiding pain, that something becomes a link that holds the potential for the pain you're avoiding. It is because deep inside there is pain that you have not processed. Your attempt to avoid this pain has created layer upon layer of sensitivities that are all linked to the hidden pain. People don't normally ask why. They just try to keep it from happening. You must go deeper than that and look at the dynamics of the layers that have been created and the core there is. And at the core, there is the pain. To get some distance from this, you first need to get some perspective. You may not think that you feel pain that often, but you really do. One choice is to leave the pain inside and continue to struggle with the outside. The other choice is to decide, is to this decide that you don't want to spend your entire life avoiding the inner pain. You'd rather get rid of it. Most people don't even realize that they are running around with pockets of pain inside that need to be worked out. You cannot spend your life avoiding things that are not actually happening or everything will become negative. You must look inside yourself and determine that from now on, pain is not a problem. It is just a thing in the universe. It's a temporary experience. It's a thing in the universe that is passing through your system. Laugh at it, have fun with it, but don't be afraid of it. It cannot touch you unless you touch it. And when something painful touches your body, you tend to pull away instinctively. The fact is your psyche does the same thing. In essence, you close, which is simply an attempt to put a shield around your inner energy. You do this because you can't handle the pain you're feeling. Once you close, your mind will build an entire psychological structure around your closed energy. Your thoughts will try to rationalize why you're right, why the other person is wrong, and what you should do about it. When you deal with a situation by resisting the pain it causes, you will have to adjust your behavior and thoughts in order to protect yourself. You will never be free, however, until you get to the point where you are willing to release the initial pain instead of avoiding it. Wise beings do not want to remain a slave to the fear of pain. In, if life does something that causes a disturbance inside of you, instead of pulling away, let it pass through you, like the wind. When you feel pain, simply view it as energies. Then relax, relax and release. Stay open and receptive to so you can be present right where the tension is. You will feel tremendous resistance to doing this, and that's what makes it so powerful. If you relax when the pain comes up in, inside your heart and actually dare to face it, it will pass. Yet every time you resist and close, you are building up the pain inside. That is what all the noise is inside your mind, an attempt to avoid the stored pain. If you want to be free, you must first accept that there is pain in your heart and you have stored it there. There is also tremendous joy, beauty, love and peace within you. It is called the fire of yoga. Purifying your heart. In truth, pain is the price of freedom. 
And the moment you are willing to pay that price, you will no longer be afraid. Spiritual growth exists in the moment when you are consciously willing to pay the price of freedom. You have been completely overwhelmed by the constant barrage of thoughts. What if consciousness were to remove its focus from your personal set of thoughts, your personal set of emotions, and your limited sensory input? What if? Because you avoid running into them, they lock you inside their perimeter. They become your prison because they are the boundaries of your awareness. Because you are not willing to approach them. You cannot see what is beyond them. You must realize that when you defend yourself, you are really defending your walls. What you are defending is the house you built to protect yourself. You are hiding, hiding inside. If something happens to challenge the walls of your psyche, you get highly defensive. What if somebody challenges your self-concept and breaks a little hole in it? What if somebody manages to shake one of those foundational thoughts that the house of your psyche is built upon? Just one wrong thought and the structure starts to crumble. Tremendous fear and turmoil can open up inside of you simply because something is not the way you thought it was. You patch the hole up very well. That's what we do with our walls. We keep them solid. Nothing is allowed to shake those walls. You patched with thoughts that which is made of thoughts. That's what we do. And you can step outside your house of thoughts into the unlimited. That is your journey out. Through freedom is very close. Focus instead on the walls of your own making that are blocking the light. Of what purpose is it to build walls that block the light and then strive for alignment? Now imagine the walls crumbling down and the effortless release of consciousness expanding into the brilliance of what it is, of what is and always was. Now give the experience a name. Enlightenment. In its most basic sense, going beyond means going past where you are. When you constantly go beyond yourself, there are no more limitations. Limitations and boundaries only exist at the places where you stop going beyond. If you never stop, then you go beyond. Boundaries, beyond limitations, beyond the sense of restricted self. Beyond is infinite in all directions. Things seem finite because your perception hits mental boundaries. In truth, everything is infinite. There is just the infinite universe. To go beyond, you must keep going past the limits that you put on things. This requires changes at the core of your being. Right now, you are using your analytic mind, analytical mind to break the world up into individual thought objects. You do this in an attempt to feel a semblance of control. It wouldn't date, dare rain tomorrow. It's my day off. You have it all figured out. You know how everything is supposed to be, even the future. Your views, your opinions, your prefer preferences, um, your concept, your goals, and your beliefs are all ways of bringing the infinite universe down to the finite, where you can feel a sense of control. You created an alternate 
reality of finite thoughts that can remain fixed within your mind. This mental model has become your reality. You must now struggle day and night to make the world fit your model. And you label everything that doesn't fit as wrong, bad, or unfair. If anything happens that challenges how you view things, you fight, you defend, you rationalize, you get frustrated and angry over simple things. If your mental model is bothering you, it's because it doesn't incorporate reality. Your choice is to either resist reality or go beyond the limits of your model. You must first understand why you built it. Somebody leaves you, somebody dies, something goes wrong, something shakes your model to the core. And when this happens, your entire view of who you believe you are, including your relationship to everyone and everything around you, begins to fall apart. You panic and do everything you can to hold it together. You back, you fight and struggle to keep, to try to keep your world from collapsing. You come face to face with what made you build the model. The level of discomfort and disorientation you experience is frightening. What you are really doing is trying to pull the mental model back around you so that you can settle down into your familiar mental setting. We are constantly trying to hold it all together. If you really want to see why you do things, then don't do them and see what happens. Let's say you're a smoker. If you decide to stop smoking, you quickly confront the urges that cause you to smoke. These urges are the reason you smoke. If you can't sit through these urges, you will see what caused them. And if you can get comfortable with what you see, you will face the next layer of causation. And so on, layer upon layer. There's a reason you overeat. There's a reason why you dress the way you do. There's a reason for everything you do. And if you want to see why you care so much about what you wear and what your hair is like, then just don't do it in one day. Wake up in the morning and go somewhere disheveled with your hair a mess and see what happens to the energies inside of you. See what happens to you when you don't do the things that make you comfortable. You are constantly trying to stay within your comfort zone. If they start to go any other way, you get uncomfortable. The moment somebody starts behaving in a way that is outside your expectations, your mind starts talking. It says, what should I do about this? I can't just ignore what he did. I could confront him directly or ask someone else to talk to him. Your mind is telling you to fix it. It's all about getting back within your comfort zone. Going beyond always means letting go of the effort to keep things within your defined limits. You can devote your life to staying in your comfort zone or you can work on your freedom. In other words, you can devote your whole life to the process of making sure everything fits within your limited model or you can devote your life to freeing yourself from the limits of your model. But in truth, the confines of your comfort zone create just such a cage. Because you are unable to go outside your comfort zone, you are, in essence, locked in confinement. And if you examine this, you will see that you're willing to stay in this cage before because you are afraid. Your comfort zone is familiar to you. Beyond it is unknown. And when you truly awake spiritually, you realize you are caged. You are constantly hitting the limits of your comfort zone. You see that you have to stay on top of everything in order to be okay. You have set these limits on yourself. If you don't stay within them, you get scared, you feel hurt, and you feel threatened. You know the limits of your cage when the psyche starts to resist. 
So you see, a cage doesn't have to look like a cage. It can be a cage created by your fear of discomfort. If you approach your limits, you begin to feel uncomfortable and insecure. There should be no cage. Sometimes you can't even fall asleep at night because you're too busy thinking about what you need to do to stay within your cage. When you approach the edges, you feel insecurity, jealousy, fear, or self-consciousness. You pull back, and if you are like most people, you stop trying. Spirituality begins when you decide that you'll never stop trying. Now you relax and go past that point. Relax through your edges. You realize that you will always be fine. You end up loving your edges because they point you they point your way to freedom. When you're lost and struggling with all these psychological and energetic changes, you are suffering. In truth, the very responsibility of having to hold it all together is itself a form of suffering. But what exactly are you trying to hold on to? In the end, clinging is what the psyche is all about. As you go deeper into yourself, you will naturally come to realize that there is an is an aspect of your being that is always there and never changes. This is your sense of awareness. Experience the ebb and flow of your emotions. You are not your thoughts. You are aware of your thoughts. Your sense of self is determined by where you are focusing your consciousness. The result of clinging is that selective thoughts and emotions stay in one place long enough to become the building blocks of the psyche. Clinging is one of the most primal acts. Because you cling to it, it stays fixed. And because it stays fixed, you relate it above, to it above all else. Clinging creates the bricks and mortar with which we build a conceptual self. Who are you that is lost and trying to build a concept of yourself in order to be found? You're the one who's doing the building. You're the one who did this. You are the one who was lost, scared, confused, because you focused your awareness away from your awareness of self. You use them to build a personality, a persona, a self-concept that would allow you to define yourself. You literally define yourself based on what you believe. People just put facades out there. So we are all clinging and then building. In most societies, you are well rewarded for how good you are at clinging and building. And if someone you create is what others want and need, you can be very popular and successful. You can get really good at this game of creating someone. But who are you that's doing this? And why are you doing this? Just think about how nice you are to people when they behave in accordance with your expectations. If you stop clinging, you will see why the tendency to cling was there. If you let go of your facade and don't try to trade it in for a new one, your thoughts and emotions will become unanchored and begin passing through you. However, you'll find that if you're willing to face that sense of panic, there is a way to go past it.
the noise, the fear, the confusion, the constant changing of these energies. It can all stop. You will just be aware that tremendous changes are taking place. Life is going on anyway. You're just letting life unfold, both outside and inside of you. You will see events that took place when you were 10 years old that you're still holding on to. But you are not the events. You're, you're the one who experienced the events. This is a false self you are building inside. You defend and rationalize in order to get it back together. People feel their very existence is at stake and they will fight and argue until they get control back. If you continue to cling to what you build, you will have con to continually and perpetually defend yourself. It means that the events that happen in the moment belong to the moment. They don't belong to you. They have nothing to do with you. Just let go. Instead, you will actually permit the things that disturb your model to act as the dynamite to break it up and free you. This is what means it what it ugh, this is what it means to live spiritually. When you become truly spiritual, you are totally different from everybody else. That which everybody else wants, you don't want. That which everybody else resists, you actually totally accept. You want your model to break. Why should anything that anyone says or does cause you to get disturbed? If anything can cause disturbance inside of you, it means it hit your model. It means it hit the false part of you that you built in order to control your own definition of reality. If your mind becomes hyperactive, just watch it. If your heart starts to heat up, let it go through what it must. That part is your way out. The self simply notices that the mind and emotions are unraveling and that nothing is struggling to hold them together. Of course, this will be painful. If you let it fall apart, you're going to feel the pain that you were avoiding when you build it. You must be willing to face this pain. To be free, to truly experience life, you must come out. You have to let go and pass through the cleansing process that frees you from, psych from your psyche. The way out is through awareness. you will come to realize that the center from which you watch disturbance cannot be disturbed. Awareness transcends what it is aware of. It didn't look like there was anything behind you because you were so focused on building your model out of the thoughts and emotions passing before you. Back behind, there is a whole universe. You will become filled with light. You will, walk, you will then walk through every moment of your daily life with the flow of this inner force sustaining you, feeding you, and guiding you from deep within. You will float in peace and love and compassion beyond it all, yet honoring it all. Once you make the choice, your path through life becomes totally clear. Most people don't dare give themselves that choice because they think it's not under their control. In other words, they want to be happy, but not if their wife leaves them. It's just that you have a deep-seated set of preferences that gets in the way. Do you want to be happy from this point forward for the rest of your life, regardless of what happens?
There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just that you don't really mean it when you say you're willing to stay happy. You want to qualify it. Any condition you create will limit your happiness. You have to give an unconditional answer. You will not only be happy, you will become enlightened. Unconditional happiness is the highest technique there is. Once you decide you want to be unconditionally happy, something inevitable, inevitable will happen that challenges you. This test of your commitment is exactly what stimulates spiritual growth. You just have to decide whether or not you will break your vow. The purpose of your life is to enjoy and learn from your experiences. You were not put on earth to suffer. You are not helping anybody by being miserable. They are just events. If you can live this way, your heart will be so open and your spirit will be so free that you will soar up to the heavens. If you want to be happy, you have to let go of the part of you that wants to create melodrama. If you have to be here, at least be happy and enjoy the experience. Things are going to happen anyway. Committing yourself to unconditional happiness will teach you every single thing there is to learn about yourself, about others, and about the nature of life. You will learn all about your mind, your heart, and your will. Every time a part of you begins to get unhappy, let it go, work with it, use affirmations, or do whatever you need to do to stay open. If you are committed, nothing can stop you. No matter what happens, just enjoy the life that comes to you. Make that your game and just stay happy no matter what. If you look inside, you will see that when you're happy, your heart feels open and the energy rushes up inside of you. When you start to close, just question if you're really willing to give up your happiness. If you really want to, you can. You will go to all the various stages of yoga. You will have to stay conscious, centered and committed at all times. You will have to stay one-pointed on your commitment to remain open and receptive to life. The God is joy, God is ecstasy, and God is love. The key is to learn to keep your mind disciplined enough so that it doesn't trick you into thinking that this time is worth closing. Affirm that all you want is to be at peace and to appreciate life. You don't want your happiness to be conditional upon the behavior of other people. It's bad enough that your happiness is conditional upon your own behavior. Your mind will tell you that it's not responsible to stay open when these things happen, but you have limited time left in your life. And what's really not re reasonable is to not enjoy life. Meditation strengthens your center of consciousness so that you're always aware enough to not allow your heart to close. You just relax your heart when it starts to tighten. You are letting go of yourself so that you can remain happy. A person who actually does this every moment of every day is going to notice the cleansing of their heart. They are also going to notice the purification of their mind because they are not getting involved in the mind's melodrama. The greatest gift one can give to God is to be pleased with his creation. Learn to be joyful. 
your spiritual work as a, see your i hope you view your spiritual work as learn as a learning to live life without stress problems fear or melodrama there really is no reason for tension or problems stress only happens when you resist life's events if you are neither pushing life away nor pulling it toward you then you are not creating any resistance you are simply present you are just witnessing and experiencing the events of life taking place we must first examine why we are so resistant to just letting life be life you have the power to affect things but since what we're resisting has already taken place what good is it to resist but your inner resistance to that event for years to come does not change the fact that they did indeed move away it does not do anything to the reality of the situation. What we are really resisting is the experience of the events passing through us. We don't want it affecting us inside. We know it is going to make mental and emotional impressions that will not fit with what's already in there. So we assert the force of will against the influence of the event in an attempt to stop it from passing through our hearts and minds. The experience of an event does not stop with our sensory observation of it. The event also has to pass through the psyche at an energetic level. These movements pass through the psyche much like physical impact ripples through water. Amazingly, you actually have the ability to resist these movements of energy. The assertion of willpower can stop the energy transfer and that's what creates tension. You can wear yourself out struggling with the experience of a single event or even a single thought or emotion. Eventually, you'll see that this resistance is a tremendous waste of energy. The fact is, you are generally using your will to resist one of two things, that which has already happened or that which hasn't happened yet. You are actually struggling with yourself, not with the event. Since most of us, most of the things you think might happen never do, you are just throwing your energy away. How you deal with your energy flow has a major effect on your life. If you assert your will against the energy of an event that has already happened, it is like trying to stop the ripples caused by a leaf dropped into a still lake. Anything you do causes more disturbance, not less. It blocks your heart's energy flow and causes you to feel closed and less vibrant. This is literally what is happening when something is weighing on your mind or when things just get too heavy for you. Over time, the energies can build up to the point that a person becomes so blocked that they either blow up or shut down completely. This is what is mean is what it means to get stressed out or even totally burnt out. You can be a fresh you can be fresh every moment as you would be on a stress-free vacation. It is your resistance to live events that is causing this experience. Since the problem is caused by using your will to resist the reality of life passing through you, the solution is quite obvious. Stop resisting. Be willing to examine the process of resistance. In order to resist, you first must decide that something is not the way you like it. Why did you decide to resist this one? Something inside of you must have a basis for deciding when to simply let things pass through and when to assert willpower to either push them away or cling to them. If you want to understand stress, begin by realizing that you carry around with you your own set of preconceived notions of how things should be. 
These personal events that take place in our lives leave impressions on our minds and hearts. Those impressions become the basis of asserting our will to either resist or cling. Now, based on these past impressions, you are resisting the current events that take are taking place. This creates inner tension, turmoil, struggle, and suffering. This entire process has no real meaning. Let your spiritual path become the willingness to let whatever happens make it through you, rather than carrying it into the next moment. Acceptance means that events can make it through you without resistance. Since you are dealing with the actual event rather than the stored energy stimulated by the event, you won't assert reactive energy from your past. This is because events are not problems. They are just events. Your resistance to them is what causes the problem. You just deal with them as events that are taking place on the planet Earth and not as a personal problem. There is nothing to deal with except for your own fears and desires. Fear and desire make everything seem so complicated. And if you don't have fear or desire about an event, there's really nothing to deal with. When a person is dealing with their own fears, anxieties, and desires, how much energy is left for dealing with what's actually happening? You take on the work of using life to let go of your resistance. Relationships are a great way to work with yourself. If you want to be content and enjoy your work, you have to let go of yourself and let events flow through you. Your real work is what is left to do after all else passes through. This happens because as you let go in one situation, it affects your clarity for other situations. The way to work with resistance is by relaxing. Your soul has now learned how to let disturbing energies pass through. This process of relaxing through resistance is beneficial to everything in your life. This is because it directly addresses how to keep your heart open when it is trying to close. Deep inner release is a spiritual path in and of itself. It is the path of non-resistance, the path of acceptance, and the path of surrender. It's the work of a lifetime to become that open, that complete, and that whole. Deal only with what's left in front of you. You will feel much more love than you've ever felt before. And you will feel more peace and contentment. And eventually nothing will ever disturb you again. You just have to realize that life is giving you a gift. And that gift is the flow of events that takes place between your birth and your death. Your heart and mind must be open and expansive enough to encompass reality. The only reason they are not is because you resist. The best teachers in all of life turns out to be death. A wise person realizes that at any moment they may breathe out and the breath may not come back in. A wise being completely and totally embraces the reality, the inevitably and the unpredictability, unpredictability of death. Why wait until everything is taken from you before you learn to dig down deep inside yourself to reach your highest potential? If with one breath of all of this can change, then I want to live at the highest level 
while I am alive. What are you doing with life? That is what death asks you. So why not be bold enough to regularly, regularly, uh, regularly <laughs> reflect on how you would live the last week? Every moment matters. Death changes everything in a flash. You just change how you live your life. It's not what you're doing. It's how much of you is doing it. What is inside of us that is so afraid that it, that it keeps us from just enjoying life? Don't you want to live before death comes? So start using every day to let go of that scared part of you that won't let you live life fully. The only thing there is to get from life is the growth that comes from experiencing it. Life itself is your career. And your interaction with life is your most meaningful relationship. What actually gives life meaning is the willingness to live it. It's the willingness to experience life events. You change. Life doesn't change. Life is not something you get. It's something you experience. Life exists with or without you. It is death that makes life precious. Try to learn what it's saying to you. Your fear. You fear death because you crave life. You fear death because you think there's something to get that you haven't experienced yet. You're not living life, you're living mind. If you are living every experience fully, then death doesn't take anything from you. That's why the wise being is always ready to die. This shows you that it only takes a moment to become absorbed in a transcend transcendental peace. What you need is more depth of experience during the time you're giving. The promise is that all things are tempor temporal. Life belongs to death. Your life will be yours to appreciate it, to be appreciated. Don't waste it. You should be experiencing the life that's happening to you, not the one you wish was happening. Appreciate the moment you are given. You live it as though you were on the verge of death, because you are. Take it very slowly and keep it very simple. The yin and the yang, expansion and contraction, non-doing and doing, everything has two extremes. If so, it's because your pendulum has been swung in the opposite direction for too long. You've had too much time alone. Your pendulum has swung off-center. All the laws are the same, inner laws and outer laws. If you pull a pendulum out one way, it will swim back just that far the other way. Unless you go out of the way, they will tend to stay in peaceful harmony. To be efficient, you must center all of your energies on the path. 
This concentration of energy is used to accomplish the given task much more efficiently. When you stop swinging between the opposites, you'll find that you have far more energy than you have ever imagined. That's the difference between struggling with the opposites versus staying centered in order to get something done. If you are in balance, you eat when it's time to eat in a way that maintains the health of your body. To do otherwise is to waste energy dealing with the effects of eating too little, eating too much, or eating the wrong foods. It is much more efficient to deal with the body in a balanced manner than to be burdened with the effects of the extremes. Basically, you waste tremendous energy at the extremes. The inefficiency of your actions is determined by how many degrees off-center you are. You will be that much less able to use your energy for living life because you are using it to adjust for the pendulum swings. When you examine the extremes, it's easy to see the effects of imbalanced behavior patterns. When you spend your energy trying to maintain the extremes, nothing goes forward. You get stuck in a rut. The more extreme you are, the less forward movement there is. You carve a groove and you get stuck in it. The way is in the middle because that's the place where the energies are balanced. It won't keep swaying to the extremes unless you feed the extremes with energy. Just let the extremes go. As it comes to the center, you will get filled with energy. This is because all the energy that had been wasted is now available to you. As you get clearer, life's events will actually seem to evolve in slow motion. As you let go, it comes back to center. You don't follow the extremes, so your energy comes back to the current moment. You're always there, and that makes you much more capable than the person who is reacting to past imbalances. Almost everyone has a point at which they get out of balance. You are merely an instrument in the hands of the forces, participating in the harmony of balance. You must reach the point where your whole interest lies in a balance and not in any personal preference for how things should be. Effortless action is what happens when you come into the, in the towel. Life happens, you're there, but you don't make it happen. The forces take care of themselves as you sit in the center. You can only be there with it. If you cannot see your way, all you can do is feel for the edges. But if you feel the edges and don't go there, you will stay in the way. That's how you live. Find the balance in the center and you will live in harmony. If you grow past the part of you, over time you will actually drift away from the feelings of tension and anxiety. They can't reach back to where you are because you've drifted behind the part of you that reacts to things. As you associate less with the physical and physiological parts of your being, you begin to identify more with the flow of pure energy. The truth is, it, it, it always feels good. It always feels high. It always feels open and light. You do this not by reaching for spirit, but by letting go of the rest. The personal self cannot touch spirit. You must release the personal self. You get higher in vibration and higher in the amount of love and lightness that you feel. One can merge into the universal absolute. This is universal consciousness and the qualities of the beings who have attained this deep state of sim are similar in every religion. To differentiate is to judge, to see 
to experience and to honor is to participate in life instead of standing back and judging it. We all know that true love doesn't judge. If you've ever really loved anybody, then you know what true love means. It means that you love them, that you love them more than you love yourself. It embraces their whole being, including past wrongs and current shortcomings. And love cannot do other than love. A beautiful, deep, spiritual book. Um, I would recommend it to everybody, but as you might have noticed, it's, it's a very small book, but it's almost an hour I talked about it. So I had so many highlights, so many underscores, and so many insights, so many rememberings, so many, ah, yes, oh, delicious. This is the stuff that I really like. Um, the Untethered Soul, A Journey Beyond Yourself. Michael A. Singer is the writer. Beautifully written. And I would say, yes, it's a spiritual book. Yes, it's, I believe, you know, a, a, a higher level spiritual book. Um, but still, he have has written it very accurate, very simple, very comprehensible. So try it. Try it. You know, that's also what he said. Go out, go look for your edges. And maybe this is an edge. But see how far you can go. And if you have any questions and if you want to, you know, have more information or um, if you want to spar with me, just talk about it and see if you really got it. Fine. You know where to find me. Right? Thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.